So interestingly, PayPal was our number one ranked financial services brand um, up until this year. So this is actually the first year they've showed uh, a bit of decline. And it's the first year that Amex has ranked number one correspondingly. So um, I'd say, you know, up until this year, yes, uh, PayPal was filling a niche that I think, you know, cross generations and gender and age and income levels more effectively than maybe some other brands. Um, um, having said that, we have seen some, some shifting. And this year, you know, a general improvement across basically all credit card brands, Amex, Visa, and MasterCard have all improved their performance. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Zach Miller. Rena Papler has been working in brand strategy for over 20 years. That means she's worked with many of today's top financial brands on market positioning, messaging, and their product portfolios. As a partner at Emblem, she was instrumental in creating her firm's research on brand intimacy the emotional science that measures the bonds we form with the brands we use and love. She's applied this research to the financial industry in an effort to rank the companies and characteristics that make for today's strongest brands. Rena joins us on the podcast to discuss what makes up brand intimacy and how emotional people feel around financial services. We look at her rankings and the attributes of today's strongest financial brands. Lastly, she provides advice to companies to make themselves into more intimate brands. Rena Papler is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Before we continue with our program, I'd like to thank our sponsor, MX, for supporting Tearsheet's work. MX is the leading data platform for banks, credit unions, and fintechs, enabling its clients and partners to easily collect, enhance, analyze, present, and act on financial data. My name is Rena Plapler. I'm a partner at Emblem, and I have been working in brand strategy for over 20 years. That means I spend a lot of time helping brands develop a unique marketplace positioning, deal with their messaging, uh, look at rationalizing their portfolios of products or services, coming up with ideas for how to communicate across different channels and different strategies across the business. Um, I do a lot of work in financial services. I also work in other industries like telecommunications, healthcare, and development. Amazing. And I, I know one of the things you're in, you've been instrumental in creating is, is this finance, like a ranking of brand intimacy for various brands. You, you also do it by sector. Um, can you define what brand intimacy is? Absolutely. So about 10 years ago, we became really interested in um, kind of leveraging brands in a more effective and efficient way for today's times, given how much technology has impacted how we live and choose and read and consume information, as well as just the proliferation of brands. So uh, through a long series of research, we came up with this idea of brand intimacy, which is really defined as the emotional science that measures the bonds we form with the brands we use and love. And the idea is um, kind of going back to the basics where more and more neuroscience and behavioral science has revealed that we're really emotional and instinctive beings and that we make a lot of decisions based on emotion. And so um, we're really dedicated to building brands that have a strong emotional foundation and then um, leveraging that across uh, all the channels in which uh, brands engage today. Well, I think one point I think would be really interesting for audiences um, your perspective on how people feel, do people feel emotional about financial services brands in general? Um, and maybe a little um, explanation why or why not? Sure. So uh, they definitely do. And I think it's sort of easy to understand that 
financial services is a pretty important category, uh, except for maybe your health. Your money is a pretty serious topic for most people. And so it's a category that has very high stakes, and that's one reason uh, it has a strong emotional foundation. The other is simply that um, these are brands we tend to interact with frequently. So whether it's a credit card or a retail bank or even you know an online bank, uh, these are brands that we have occasion to frequent regularly, and that also kind of builds a stronger emotional connection. Having said that, we have found that financial services has declined over the past several years in terms of their ability to create and leverage strong emotional bonds. And so uh, while, yes, the category is um, instinctively emotional, we have noticed that it is starting to decline. 91% of mobile banking users prefer using their app over going to a physical bank branch. But it's no longer enough just to offer an app. Customers expect, demand, a really good experience. That's where MX comes in. Its new mobile app, Helios, helps banks and credit unions stand out in today's world of mobile banking, going beyond simple transactions and account management. Does your mobile app get thousands of five-star reviews? Does it increase your engagement and lead to higher brand loyalty and ROI? Check out Helios by MX at MX, that's the letters M and X, Dot com. Interesting. And um, I guess looking across verticals, how, how, do, how do financial services firm in, your, in the brand intimacy rankings versus uh, other industries or other companies? Sure. So, for example, media and entertainment is our number one industry this year, whereas financial services is uh, ranked, I think it's nine. Now it's actually lower. It's about 11. So it's declined in our earliest studies. Uh, it was in the top 10 and even I think as high as uh, six. And now it's sort of declined. And so uh, brands that are lower are categories like appliances and travel. Um, but there's a lot of other categories and in industries, media and entertainment, like I said, number one, automotive, number two, technology, number three. Uh, so it is a little concerning that it is on the decline. Interesting. And what do you attribute that to? Um, it sounds like it's, it has been a general decline over the, over the past 10 years since you've been doing this yeah. research. Um, can you put your finger on why? Well, you know, it's hard to say exactly. I mean, a couple of obvious things are just, you know, things that we've all noticed. There's been a lot more communications around data breaches and hacking. There's been more concerning uh, financial services behavior, if you will, in the news about, you know, inappropriate uh, handling of certain situations. And then I also think you know, a lot of uh, the brands in the category don't really look at building emotional bonds as a priority. They tend to be more transactional in nature uh, and, you know, treat customers more like a number. And so similar to the travel industry, uh, there's, you know, a bit of a uh, frustration, I think, among customers in terms of how they're viewed and how their relationship is prioritized. And so when you, I'm looking at sort of the, the top players here, you know, you, you've got Amex mm -hmm. at number one in the industry. Um, before we hop, hop into Amex, I'm, I'm interested in your perspective on what sets Amex apart. Um, I did notice that PayPal um, was in the top five. And that to me seems like one of the newer brands that has emerged versus sort of these older brands. The cap, you know, the, the regular players are there, the Chases, the Visas, um, the mm -hmm. MasterCards. Um, do, you, do you think longer term uh, I guess, how does brand intimacy play 
a role in the success of these companies? And, and, and because uh, it's a very complicated question, do you see other brands like PayPal um, have the potential now to come in because, because of sort of the, the main brands lacking intimacy? Does that make any sense? Yeah, sure. So interestingly, PayPal was our number one ranked financial services brand um, up until this year. So this is actually the first year they've showed uh, a bit of decline. And it's the first year that Amex has ranked number one correspondingly. So um, I'd say, you know, up until this year, yes, uh, PayPal was filling a niche that I think, you know, cross generations and gender and age and income levels more effectively than maybe some other brands. Um, you know, fintech is obviously a large uh, trend. And so I think PayPal is in a good place to sort of epitomize what that is. Um, having said that, we have seen some, some shifting. And this year, you know, a general improvement across basically all credit card brands, Amex, Visa, and MasterCard have all improved their performance. Mm. Um, whereas some of the other players uh, have declined and they span retail banks and uh, PayPal. Interesting. And I guess, you know, just going back to something you had said earlier in the conversation, you said, you know, branded, brand intimacy ranks pretty high in technology. I think of all the brands that we mm -hmm. see there, Pay PayPal as a brand sort of feels right. more like a company than a finance company. Right. I think it does manage to uh, cross that line. And, and the other thing that's interesting is you asked how do people connect with financial services brands? And we have a series of what we call archetypes that were revealed and then validated through research over the years. And uh, this is the first year that enhancement, which is really about making a consumer better connected, um, more enabled and smarter, is the top archetype in financial services, which also speaks, I think, to kind of technology. In the past, something like ritual, which is the frequency and becoming a habit was the strongest archetype, as well as something like fulfillment, which is really about performance and service. So I think with the rise of enhancement in the category it sort of does speak to the ability of a financial services brand to deliver you know a full range of technology enabled benefits to its consumers interesting i guess you talked about the sort of broad swath of um, credit cards moving up in the rankings across the board mm -hmm. and i feel like you know credit cards are, are so they kind of ride on top of banks and in a way, you know, the frequency and the, the other attributes you're describing now, like it's sort of my first interface or daily interface with, with my money. Um, mm -hmm. spending, certainly. Um, so it, it sort of keeps it top of mind. Um, I know just an interesting point. So, so, so let's focus on Amex. Amex was, was, mm -hmm. was number one. Um, can you talk about some of the attributes that set that brand apart? Sure. Um, and really with Amex, you know, it's, it's not so much that there's any one thing that sets it apart as much as it's just doing better at, at a lot of the things that other financial services brands are also kind of ranking in. But uh, for example, we mentioned enhancement being the category uh, dominant archetype and Amex uh, performs extremely well in that archetype and it improved its performance from uh, last year. It also uh, is able to have, let me see the exact number here, 24% uh, of customers who use Amex consider themselves in some form of a relationship with the brand, which is also higher 
than we've seen um, in the category. So it's better at building those bonds we've talked about. 17% uh, of Amex users said they can't live without the brand. Wow. Amex has also improved its overall performance um, since previous years. And another interesting piece um, for, for a kind of financial-oriented audience is that uh, Amex, 13% of Amex users said they'd be willing to pay 20% more for the brand's products and services and say Visa users would compare at 11% willing to pay more. So it's got sort of that loyalist following of people who can't live without it and are willing to pay more for it, which is, you know, ideal for any brand. That's interesting. And I don't know if you, if you also track this or, or we can talk about it uh, qualitatively, but um, I have to imagine, you know, uh, credit card companies and their extensive use of rewards uh, play a role in, in sort of um, customers feeling towards allegiance towards the brand. Um, it, it, does that, does that, Am I right there thinking in the thinking? Um, well, it's hard to say. We don't specifically track rewards, um, but, you know, yes, it has proven that rewards have been an effective way to build relationships among credit card users. And Amex arguably, you know, through the years has been very well known um, for its rewards. And so I think that, you know, is a good, a good guess of, of uh, part of its appeal. We don't specifically ask about the rewards, but um, interestingly, indulgence is one of our archetypes, which is about moments of pampering and gratification. Mm. And Amex also does uh, better than the category average in that, which could be a nod as well um, to its, its rewards. And it does better with women, interestingly. PayPal is the number one brand with men in the category. So um, that's interesting. Another sort of interesting nuance this year that um, I was a little surprised about is financial services does better with millennials than any other age group that we test. And so typically I would think financial services is strong among, say, 45 to 65 or, you know, over 30. But this year we found that millennials are uh, ranking the category higher than any other age group. I think that's one of those myths that's been perpetuated by the media, but uh, yeah, it, it depends which studies you look at. But but millennials do have strong brand allegiance uh, in financial services. Um, so right. So I want to get to the most interesting part of the conversation for me is like what you have these rankings. Uh, you know, all the companies are sc scatter plotted. You know, across two axes. Mm -hmm. um, what would as 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 an expert in, in branding, like what kind of advice do you give to financial services companies to make them more intimate? So a couple of things, you know, one is I always start with emotion. You know, are you leveraging emotion, knowing that that is how people make decisions? Uh, and so, you know, what is the emotional kind of connection you're trying to establish with customers? And whether it's based on, you know, assurances and confidence, or it's based on enhancement, like we talked about, you know, the ability to make people smarter and more connected, uh, whatever it is, examine how you're communicating and what you're communicating. That's the first thing. The second is really being relationship focused. I know that's sort of cliche, but I think it is important more and more financial services are looking to cross sell or to kind of sell across a customer life cycle. And, you know, if that's your goal, then behave like you're a relationship oriented as opposed to a, you know, single transaction. And what that means could have implications for everything from messaging and how you talk to what you offer. 
Um, you know, I think those are obvious things. The nickel and diming, I think everybody knows, is generally a turnoff to consumers that does not seem particularly relationship-focused. The other is, you know, the channels in which you communicate. Are you everywhere your customers are? You know, where do you market yourselves? How do you market yourselves? There's lots of new uh, kind of digital banks that are attracting millennials by having sort of salons and meeting sessions and interesting places. And I'm not saying that's appropriate for everybody, but, you know, think about who you're targeting and think about where they would be interested in going and, you know, uh, find a way to ingratiate yourself into that kind of level of interaction. And so those are small things, you know, the others are just invite dialogue. Being in a relationship means it's two way. Today, we have a lot of push, you know, a lot of communications coming, but very little opportunity to necessarily dialogue with uh, the brand we're in a relationship with. So make sure there's ways that consumers and customers can interact with you, whether it's in person or online or in social or, you know, through service channels, but, you know, give people the opportunity to feel like they're in a relationship. That's, that's really interesting. Before we, before we end, um, I'm kind of curious if you can help put this in context. Like, um, so we've got financial services, you talked about sort of what they're doing well and where they can improve. Um, mm -hmm. Can you give an example outside of financial services of a company that does a really good job of this? Um, just, just to kind of put things in context for us. Um, let's see, sure. I'm trying to think of one that isn't the super obvious kind of kind, but, you know, let's go to Amazon, right? Uh, granted, you know, a sort of uh, online uh, foundation, but, mm -hmm. you know, Amazon communicates in all sorts of ways, not just, you know, that your, uh, that your transaction has been approved, but that something's on its way. Uh, the status of something, if it's delayed, they reach out to you. You generally don't have to follow up with them. Uh, everything is very transparent in terms of what you're receiving. Communications can happen a number of ways. You can call, you can chat, you know, you can email. Um, I think Amazon more and more is also looking at uh, communicating in terms of special offers, you know, Prime and the way that they've built that up as a kind of members-only community and the benefits that that offers has enabled them, you know, to raise that price and still maintain uh, a pretty high rate of retention. So that's just one, you know, example. Others would be more consumer brands that are lifestyle-oriented, you know, that create communities online or tribes and are very successful at uh, building that kind of relationship. You know, a Harley Davidson, for example, um, is sort of an obvious one there. And so where, um, you know, where would people go to learn more about brand intimacy and, and sort of the, this year's rankings? Sure. So uh, you can go to emblem.com, M-B-L-M.com, and we uh, have a lot of information available online. We have an interactive ranking tool so anybody can see the top brands. There's a section specifically on financial services if anyone is interested. And for the brands that we've ranked in financial services, we also offer a custom dashboard to really get underneath the hood and a deep understanding of your brand's emotional strengths and weaknesses. Great. We'll, we'll link to the, uh, the report on, online and uh, we'll put that in the, in the show notes. Rena, thank you for joining us on the Tearsheet Podcast today. Thank you so much. Have a great day.